How do we define crazy? What does it mean to be crazy? I've been thinking about this topic for a while now, actually. Um, actually, ever since my recording the last couple episodes, I went back and like re-listened to them and I was thinking like, I wonder how many people are listening to me right now thinking this bitch is fucking crazy. <laughs> right. I, 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 and... You know what? By conventional uh, definition, um, I, I probably do sound crazy, and and I get that. But I also get that a lot of actually quote unquote crazy people um, don't have these sort of conversations where they stop and go, "Wait a minute, I wonder if I fucking sound crazy." So that <laughs> brought solace to me. Crazy people don't wonder if they're crazy. Crazy people think they're sane, more or less. Um, now, I'm saying all that to say this. I actually don't like the word crazy. I know I just used it like 16 times in the last past, like the last 60 seconds. But I actually don't like the word, word crazy. I, I, I find it, um, I just find it really dismissive. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I really, I started really thinking about hallucinations. And, and, and so what, what really what I decided to do was read this book called Hallucinations. Um, and that's kind of what prompted the recording of this episode. I think this episode's going to be probably long. I actually wrote notes um, about it as well. But I also think this is probably going to be one of like the best episodes in this podcast, arguably, um, yet. So, I meditate, Okay. I uh, I meditate in the morning, I meditate at night, uh, but I also me- meditate like throughout the day. So the two different forms of meditations that I engage in are called uh, passage med- meditation. And then there's a technique that I come up, that I've come up with or that I came up with called audible meditation. Um, now, some people might argue that my audible meditation isn't actually like a real meditation, but I'll explain it to you. What it is, is I will play like a favorite audible book and I'll play it at about three times speed. And what that does is playing it that fast, it forces my mind to focus on what it is that's being said so that I don't drift off to like random ass thoughts about inconsequential bullshit, right? So when I catch my mind wondering... I'll have to basically bring it back to the Audible book, right? Because I've missed some stuff. And then I'll have to rewind back the loop for the last like 60 seconds or whatever. So to me, I consider that a bit like a like an extended passage meditation, right? Because it's more or less, I'm, I'm making my mind perform more or less the same functions as regular passage meditation or transcendental meditation, right? Because you, you're supposed to, you know, the effect of those two meditations is that you you breathe, you you bring your your mind, a drifting mind, back to focus on what you want it focused on, right? But instead of me repeating a mantra or a passage, I'm looping like a whole book, <laughs> right? Um. Anyway, so that's my shit. You heard it here first. You're welcome to try it. I'm sure that in like six months to a year, somebody's gonna go on YouTube claiming that they came up with it. But today. You heard it here first, um, and you know where they learned it from. I'm not, I'm not trying to hoard it. If it works for you, do it. Um, 
Some of the books that I listen to when I loop are like The Power of Now, one of my favorites. Um, Is There Life After Death? What is Real? Um, The Practicing Stoics. So these are books that I've listened to like over and over and over again. Um, But every time I read it, I get something new out of it. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, Yeah. So after doing this for a couple of years, I found that the energy that I use to waste with letting my mind wander all over the place right? Uncontrolled, dragging me here and there, imagining all sorts of like worst case scenario, anxiety inducing mental projections of like all my greatest fears has somehow been redirected towards formula, towards like formulating cool ideas and theories and thought processes and philosophies, um, which now I can then turn around and share with you guys, which is great. So when you, the more you meditate, the more you can basically make your mind focus on what you wanted to do rather than focusing on like fucked up shit. And then you start coming up with like, if you give your mind the task to create it, you start having like really cool ideas. So just from practicing medication, I've gotten really good ideas as far as like, you know, stuff with my writing, with my other podcast, um, the books that I've been working on, um, and just even helping other people. So you guys should definitely give it a try. Um, but basically meditation allowed me to like harness the creative powers of my mind and channel it towards things that I want to think about instead of creating thought forms and unnecessary anxiety inducing, you know, thoughts, right? So anyway, a couple of days ago, I was playing with the idea of like, what exactly do we mean by the word crazy? And specifically, what does, or rather, what do schizophrenics really see, right? And what do their minds say about the capabilities of a quote-unquote normal mind, right? We love using the word crazy to demean and, and dismiss people whose thought processes deviate from the expected and the normative, Right? Most importantly, it's a word that is used to control people's behavior. It's a label that people fear, understandably, because if you get seriously labeled with that term, right, you could, it could cause you a loss of freedom in the most extreme and a loss of your own independence in the form of being incarcerate, incarcerated into like a mental institution and forcibly medicated. So it's a serious word. Um, but we throw that word around and it's also sort of a veiled threat when you really think about it, right? Because somebody calls you crazy, like if you think about everything I just said, everything that's kind of attached to that, like if people genuinely think you're crazy, it, it's almost like a threat, you know? Um, I don't know. Um, but it also hurts society's advancement, or at the very least, it hinders it, right? Like, think about it. Like, how many people who came up with truly innovative, life-changing ideas were labeled as crazy first, right? For daring to think outside the box, right? Like, how many people called Jeff Bezos crazy when he was like, I'm going to build the everything store? How many people called Steve Jobs crazy? Nelson Mandela, Nikola Tesla, 
Shit, even, what's his name? Uh, Elon Musk, right? How many times has that dude been called crazy? This motherfucker's building a spaceship and, and solar power and really cool cars. And, and yes, he got high on the Joe Rogan podcast. So he's fucking crazy, right? These are people who have dared to challenge the status quo, to challenge society. To, and they're, like, they're daring to think outside the box that they've been programmed and forced into. And we just fucking call them crazy. But yet, the people that I can sit and quote and name, you know, the Bezos, the Steve Jobs or whatever, those are the people who persevered, overcame, and eventually they proved people wrong. Right? Even though it might have taken decades to do so. So then we look back at them and we idolize them now and we call them great. Right? But we never look at our actions that might have hindered them in the first place, right? We don't look about like the things that we say to these people who attempt to do great things. We don't look at what we say to them to dissuade them, right? These very same people from whom their attempts to do something different has actually improved our society. Do we ever stop and say, you know, maybe... Maybe we should stop calling people who are trying to do different things from what everybody else is doing crazy. Maybe we should stop calling the people who are trying to do things that we think are impossible crazy. Maybe we should reevaluate the way we deal with budding potential innovators. And honestly, while we love celebrating those who achieved what we were told was impossible or what they were told was impossible. I'm, I'm really left to wonder about the other people that we never hear about who lost their courage the moment that they were told by the wrong person that a potentially genius idea was actually fucking crazy. What has that label cost us as a society, what are we missing out on by using that label? And then I started thinking about hallucinations, which led me to find the book Hallucinations, which I will, I think, reference on this episode, but only mildly. This, these are kind of more based on my own thought processes. Now, the dictionary defines hallucinations as a sensory experience of something that does not exist outside the mind. A sensory experience, right? Using your senses of something that doesn't exist outside the mind. Okay, well, that voice in your head (laughs) that's talking to you right now that you're listening to instead of listening to what the fuck I'm talking about, that's... That's a hallucination. That voice in your head that while you're meditating, if you meditate, right, you're trying to meditate into shutting the fuck up. <laughs> that, by definition, is literally an auditory hallucination. You're literally listening to a disembodied voice saying crazy shit to you nonstop. And you're basically practicing means in which to quiet it, Right? for about an hour a day, depending on how often you meditate, right? And 
if you're not working on it, you're practi- if you're not working on trying to quiet that voice, you're practically powerless to stop it unless you like meditate for 30 years, <laughs> right? Consistently. And then the term for getting that voice to shut the fuck up, that's called Zen. That's called flow. That's called enlightenment. That's called Satori. That's called sanity. Until you can get that voice in your head to shut up forever, you have no right. We have no right to call anyone else crazy. Because we're all so fucking crazy. All of us. We all are. We're all mad here. Okay, now I know some of you listening are saying like, mm, well, it's not a hallucination. It's, it's not a sensory auditory, you know, voice or whatever, right? I, I'm not hearing it. Um, okay. Okay. Why don't you try listening to the voice in your head while also listening to me talking right now? See if you could do it. You can't. There's no way you can listen to me and listen to the voice in your head. If you're saying that the what you consider your thinking voice isn't really an auditory, sensory hallucination, then how can't you, why can't you listen to what I'm saying right now? And you can rewind it. Rewind it and then listen to what I've been saying and listen to the thought at the same time. And you can breathe and fucking listen to me talk at the same time. You can look at you know what's directly in front of you and listen to me talk at the same time, but you can't think and listen to me talk at the same time because what you consider thinking isn't thinking. It's a voice that's speaking and then you're listening to it. So you that's why you can't listen to me and listen to that voice in your head that you consider thinking. Um, and you just toggle between the two because it's a voice. It's a disembodied voice in your head. And I can guarantee you that even if you tried listening to me in like 10 minutes, the voice in your head will have already gotten your attention, your complete attention, hypnotized you into believing some shit. <laughs> like your spouse is probably cheating on you right now at this very moment. Yeah. Yeah, your, your, your spouse is probably texting some dude right now. Yeah. You should probably go check her phone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to talk to you about something. And then this voice in your head just starts saying crazy shit to you about the wildest stuff that you have no way of verifying that you then act upon like it's true. That is hallucination. Now, okay, there's some people out there now, probably a smaller group of people who are thinking, well, I don't know, I don't necessarily hear a voice I don't really get an inner monologue, right? Okay. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the small minority of people that they don't really hear that disembodied entity, right? That they've internalized as, as themselves, right? It doesn't really communicate with them verbally. Okay. Maybe it communicates with you visually then. But still, by definition hallucinating and if it shows you things that you'd rather not see like disturbing ass visions of your spouse allegedly cheating on you suddenly flashing into your head 
causing you to react to those images that are constructed literally of your worst fears as though you had like ESP or something like what you just envisioned what was just visually visually flashed into your mind was actually real that's all sorts of crazy though isn't it hallucinations plus delusions if you treat these thoughts or these like and thoughts in the forms of the voices or visualizations that are disturbing as real and then your body reacts to it right so i'm sitting here talking and as i'm sitting here trying to do this podcast you're trying to listen to the podcast there's a voice in your head now telling you what if your spouse really is cheating on you or there's a there's you get a visual flash of your spouse cheating on you you're not controlling that you don't want to think about that it's popping into your head when you'd rather be listening to what i'm saying those are hallucinations and then if you believe those thoughts if you believe those visual visual images that you just had forced onto your psyche more or less disturbingly um those are delusions right so let's bring them all the way back let me put together a sanity tester scenario for you okay right Okay, so you're chilling out, Max, and relaxing, all cool, and suddenly you hear a voice. But it's a voice in your head, right? You call it a thought. But it's a voice. It's a disembodied voice. And just because everyone else has the same voice, it doesn't make it any less of a hallucination. Anyway, the voice says, hey, it's 5.30 p.m., your husband or wife, they were supposed to come home from work at 5.00. Why aren't they home yet? What do you do? Well, you pick up your phone and you call them. You don't think, well, maybe they got stuck in traffic and leave it. You don't think, well, maybe the boss had to keep them a little late. No, you just react and grab the phone. Or maybe you are one of those Zen people who don't immediately jump to the worst case scenario and you just calmly pick up the phone And you call them. The phone goes straight to voicemail. No answer. Okay. What do you do next? Most people would probably be sitting there. And at that very moment is when the hallucination starts. Here comes the voice. Call them again. Why aren't they answering the phone? So you pick up the phone and you call them again. The shit goes straight to voicemail. Boom. Here comes the image flashing into your mind of them on the side of the road laying dead. You panic. Your heart starts to rate. Your palms start to sweat. You grab the phone. Call them straight to voicemail. Here comes an image now. They're in the hospital. (laughs) Right? You're sitting there. All that has happened is that your spouse is literally just 30 minutes late. And you can't reach them by phone. That's it. But your mind just starts saying crazy shit, prompting you to call them, showing you stuff that you'd rather not see. And as a result, you start reacting to it. All of those things, all those images that are flashing in your head, all those things that are being said to you, 
Those are all hallucinations. So now you've called them 56 times. (laughs) And every single one of them has gone straight to voicemail. So then you pick up the phone. You start texting. Right? Because the voice in your head is like, wait. Maybe they're... They mentioned they had a new coworker. Oh my God. What if they're screwing their new coworker? <laughs> These are not pleasant thoughts. You're sitting there, all this really happening, if you're being logical, is you're, they're just 30 minutes late. That's it. So you pick up your phone and you start texting the wildest, craziest shit. You better not be doing what the fuck I think you're doing. <laughs> Why aren't you answering your goddamn phone? And as you're texting that, your husband or wife walks in. Hey, honey, I'm home. While you were distracted and hypnotized with a voice in your head and all these hallucinations, visual and auditory hallucinations, you didn't even notice them walk in. You just spin around, lose your shit. I have called you 15 fucking times. More like 50, but 15 fucking times. Where the fuck have you been? Why didn't you text me when, when you knew if you were going to be late? And your spouse is just standing there looking at you like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And for a second, you pause and look down and realize that they're holding gifts, gifts bags, right? And they, they say to you, um, happy anniversary. Uh, my phone died. I left work early. So I can get to the florist in time before they closed. And then after that, I rushed straight home. I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't know that this was going to... I mean, I'm literally just like 20, 30 minutes late. I apologize. So basically, you just had a (laughs) full-ass panic attack, right? That was brought on a combination of auditory and visual hallucinations that you accepted as real. And then you reacted to those hallucinations as though they were real. Meaning somewhere along the line, you believed on some level those hallucinations. And you believed somehow, which is a delusion, that you have the ability to see into the future. That was when you were imagining your spouse in a coma (laughs) or on the side of the road. You believe that you have knowledge of occurrences before objective uh, confirmation. Like when you accepted the fact that your spouse you know, had either gotten to an an accident or was having an affair. How's that any different than what schizophrenics go through? They hear voices. They see things that theoretically only exist in their minds. And then they react to them as though what they're seeing and hearing are real and true. I mean, personally, I think involuntarily imagining your loved one dying on the side of the road or your spouse cheating on you is fucking disturbing. And it can be maybe just as emotionally disturbing as what schizophrenics report. It's the same thing when that voice in your head makes up shit that you have no way of knowing or confirming. Like what your in-laws really think about you. (laughs) Or whether or not your spouse is lying. 
right? Your spouse starts talking to you and you just hear the voice in your head and the voice says, you fucking liar. And you just take that shit and you run with it. It just tells you shit and you roll with it like it's true. And then you react to it. That's fucking crazy. By definition, that's crazy. Schizophrenics do the same thing. They see shit, they hear shit, they react to that shit like that shit is real. And so do we. So maybe we're all just fucking schizophrenics in some way. Like maybe it's a spectrum. Maybe insanity is a spectrum that afflicts all of us. And maybe we just like some people just have like low grade schizophrenia and then like other people have like what, you know, is called like full blown, like it's proper schizophrenia. At any rate, we're all hallucinating all the time between dreaming between when you have those involuntary like images flash into your mind when you, that cause you to have panic attacks panic attacks are brought on by hallucinations let's be real anxiety those are hallucinations being shy those are hallucinations being feeling awkward in a social uh situation when you get mad at somebody for cutting you off, you're just, your mind is just saying shit, making up reasons, making up excuses, just saying crazy shit to you. And then you're just reacting to it. Like that crazy shit your mind just said to you is real. You're deluding yourself. Like you have, like if somebody cuts you off, you have no fucking clue why they cut you off. They could have a pregnant, I don't know. Like they could have a pregnant dying wife in the car, right? Who's carrying like six tuplets and then they're just trying to get to the hospital. But that happens. You don't see what's in the car. You just saw that you've been cut off and that voice in your head starts its shit. These motherfuckers, who the fuck do they think they are? Like they have no respect for me. They don't see where I'm trying to, and, 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 and then you, you get riled up and you react to it. You blare your horn, you speed up on them. It's like, like, that's fucking crazy, yo. Anxiety, when you start panicking, oh my God, what if I don't, what if I like don't do well on my test? I'm going to fail my test. I'm not like, you don't know the future. The voice is just saying shit to you and you're pretending you're deluding yourself as though you can fucking read people's minds as though you can see the future as though you have any idea or any control of what's really happening. If we're going to call people crazy, we are all fucking crazy then. Or... Or maybe the label crazy isn't, shouldn't be utilized at all. Maybe we should just recognize, recognize rather that this is something, is some aspect rather of the human condition. Call it insanity, but then we're all collectively insane. Right? So then I started thinking about consciousness, reality, and the functions of the human mind, right? Like, what, what, does the, what does the human mind really do as a function? Like, what is it really doing for us, right? Because I've read articles that say basically the, the brain edits shit out. <laughs> right there's like delays like we're actually quote-unquote living in the past like you're seeing things i think it's like a half a second or something like that than than what's actually occurring in the sense of you can actually feel things before you actually experience it which that and and that's because your brain's editing stuff out to create for you a cohesive um perception of reality and i have fun with that idea 
because I like to imagine that I'm like sitting here minding my own business, like watching TV and there's a fucking alien <laughs> just like fucking doing the Macarena or something right in front of me and my brain just edits that shit out and I, I don't even see it, right? Because your brain's constantly um, uh, editing stuff. Watch, watch brain games. Um, it's on Netflix. Just watch that. If you want to see how, how, how your brain fucks with you and how you don't even have any idea of what we're actually seeing, watch brain games. But anyway, I found this quote by Anthony Peake that said, um, here's the quote, uh, reality, whatever it is that is out there is not the ordered, sensible world that is presented to consciousness through sensory input. It is a holographic what is that, miasma? I don't know what that word means, but miasma <laughs> of colors, sounds, smells that swirls and buzzes, right? So Pete was more or less paraphrasing uh, the physicist David Bohm. David Bohm believed that the universe was essentially a hologram with all of time existing at once and then in our mind basically contains the whole of the universe the way like a, a hologram, fragments of a hologram contain the whole entire hologram. And then there was this, uh, on, and then I went on futurism.com and there was a neuroscientist, uh, Carl Prim, who said, or he, he arrived more or less at the same conclusion as David Bohm, concluding that memories are encoded in patterns of nerve impulses that crisscross the brain the same way patterns of laser light interfer- interference crisscrosses the area containing a holographic image. So David Bohm took um, Carl Pribben's findings and then he concluded that our brains are smaller pieces of the larger hologram containing or of a larger hologram or other containing the whole universe inside our one brain. So the whole universe, the hologram of the whole universe is contained inside our own brain. So basically our brains are like movie projectors or I guess more on topic, all of our brains are like PlayStations running the same VR CD-ROM of a game called Life on Earth. Yeah, that's physics, baby. Physics and your science, right? So everything you see right now in front of you is literally just a projection of your mind. <laughs> I'll say that again. Everything you see right now is a projection of your mind. You don't have to take my word for it. Just Google that shit. This is common knowledge. Neurologists believe this. Neuroscientists believe this. Physicists believe this. This is true. Everything you see is just a projection of your mind. And if, the, if everything that you see, if everything that you feel, touch, smell, if everything that you're experiencing right now are merely projections of the mind, then... Life is just a hallucination, albeit a persistent one. Now, there was a physicist by the name of Rainer Johnson who stated that we are each rather like a prisoner in a round tower permitted to look out through just five slits in the wall at the landscape outside. It is presumptuous to suppose 
that we can perceive the whole of the landscape through those slits. Although I think there, there is good evidence, rather, that the prisoner can sometimes have a glimpse over the top. So what he's talking about is basically this. What we see, our consciousness is more or less, according to him anyway, imprisoned in a, a, a body that allows you only to see through what he terms slits, right? Just a certain amount of slits of what's outside. But sometimes you could see over the top. Now, we don't perceive reality directly, right? Reality is a, is a three-dimensional projection of the mind, meaning... Every one of our brains holds a copy of reality, of the universe, of, of what we see out there in the brain, which is then projected by the brain for your consciousness to experience. Now, I can use that, uh, a VR, a PlayStation VR simulation analogy to kind of help you understand a little bit better because that's what helped me kind of grasp it. Um, also, note that your brain limits your perceptions to just three dimensions, right? Your brain restricts your consciousness from perceiving the fourth dimension, fifth dimension, sixth dimension, etc. Um, it doesn't mean that those dimensions don't exist simply because you can't perceive it. It just means that your perceptions are restricted by your brain. So this is more or less like if I were an asshole, right? <laughs> I mean, I am. But let's just say, let's say I'm King Jong Im, King Jong Un, King Jong Jo. How about that? Okay. And, uh, and I, I created uh, Joe Korea. Joria. Yeah, that's my country, right? And everybody in Joria is given one PSVR, right? A PlayStation virtual reality system right? But I only give you one game. And I only allow you to play that game, the flat version. I don't, I don't give you the helmet. I just, you're only allowed to play the one game on your TV screen. And that's the classic Super Mario Brothers, right? And Everyone in the country is allowed to have this PSVR, but they can only play the one game, Super Mario Brothers. Everyone else in other countries, they have access to games like uh, uh, Astrobot, right? And, um, and all the other games that are available on PSVR. Um, but you are totally oblivious and you think that a PSVR system is only capable of playing classic like Nintendo, classic Nintendo type graphics, Mario Brothers. Okay. Now imagine that your PSVR has like a screensaver. When you're done playing, you put the, you, you put it down, you turn the TV off. But when the TV is off, a, a screensaver flashes on to the TV and then it shows previews of other games that your PSVR is capable of you know, of, of playing, right? But maybe you're encouraged in this uh, nation of Joria to, to turn your TV off um, and not watch the previews, right? Um, but one day you decide, let me just, let me just watch it. And when you watch it, 
you're like, wait, what is this? And you see some wild shit, right? You're watching the previews and there's Astrobot and there's Call of Duty and there's fucking, I don't know, Tomb Raider and all these other games just pop up. But there's no context because they're previews, right? So it's just kind of all over the place and random, right? So, so then the next day, you go and you talk to your neighbor and you're like, hey, I was trying to, I was playing the, you know, after I was done playing the P, uh, PSVR, I kind of like, I forgot to turn my TV off. And, uh, and when I looked, um, while my PSVR is sleeping, I started seeing all these different scenes of all these like super surreal things where the, like the graphics were super intense. And your neighbor's like, yeah, that's, that's normal. That's just your PSVR. It does that. It, it doesn't have anything to do with anything. It just, it, 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 it's fine. And you're like, okay, that's fine. Okay. And you totally, I guess you just take it as an explanation and you go about your day, right? And your neighbor says, yeah, everybody, everybody's console, everybody's PSVR does that. That's why they tell you to turn it off. You know, it's just, don't pay attention to it. It's just wild and kind of random and everything like that. It does that. The PSVR does that when it's uh, tired and it just throws a bunch of random images from the day uh, <laughs> at it and it doesn't really make any sense. And you're looking at the, the previews and you're like, well, they don't seem random. Um, you know, it, and I've never seen anything like this on Super Mario Brothers. Like, why would it be showing me these things? But they say, you know, like, don't ask me fucking questions, <laughs> right? Because if you start asking questions, you know, I'm the dictator. One of my rules is that if you start saying things that basically question the status quo and the narrative that I've provided for you, um, you're going to be labeled crazy and locked up. So you stop asking questions. But then one day, one day, you you grab the CD of uh, Mario Brothers, right? Let's say it's on, on, on a CD and, and you pick it up and you look at it and... Um, you notice like, oh shit, like it's scratched. So you go to try to like clean it off, but then you like literally actually, it wasn't a scratch before, <laughs> it was just a fleck of death. But by your process of trying to uh, clean it off, you actually like scratch the shit out of it and you're like, fuck. Okay, and then you put the CD in the PSVR and you hit play and you're watching it and you're like, okay, it's playing. But then all of a sudden, like it skips. But then when it skips, you see like a glimpse of like Astrobot flash onto the screen right and then it goes back to super mario brothers and you're like okay fuck what did i do i think it's broken uh i'm not gonna tell anybody um (laughs) but you just like okay well that that, okay and then you just keep playing you keep playing and then throughout time because of that scratch because of the damage to the cd-rom the more you play the more the psvr starts splicing Super Mario Brothers at the at the sections where you scratched it, it starts splicing scenes of Super Mario Brothers with um, Astrobot, and then be more and before you know it, you're seeing like bots and space chameleons mixed in with standard Goombas and Toadstools. So you're now told, right, that your PSVR is broken or malfunctioning, and and yet in a sense it is, right. Because it's a, it's a, because you're in a world where gameplay is restricted to just Super Mario Brothers, and so any deviation of that function, which is to just allow the PSVR to play just Super Mario Brothers, would be perceived as a malfunction, right? So that was like an oversimplification of what I'm I'm more or less trying to say is happening uh, to us and in this reality, right? Um, you're the player or the subscriber, right, of the PSVR. 
or you could call it, you could say that you're the consciousness, right? The PSVR and the controllers running the Super Mario Brothers uh, game, those are your, that's your mind and your body. And then the brain is the projection, projector of this reality. And so that this reality is like Super Mario World, right? And it restricts your experiences to just a limited three-dimensional projections, right? Earth world, right? So then the screensaver previews are our dreams, right? And then the damage to the Mario CD, that scratch, that causes Astrobot, like the previews or whatever, to kind of splice in with Super Mario Brothers, um, that would be basically what we would label as schizophrenia, or other hallucinations that are brought on by like physical, neurological, and chemical changes in the brain. Now, I think you could say the consciousness and mind are parallel the same way brain and body are. I like to think that consciousness and mind um, exists outside of the simulation the same way like you, the player, and your PSVR exist outside of Super Mario Brothers or Astrobot World. Um, but the mind allows consciousness to access a myriad of worlds the same way a PSVR, PSVR allows you to play various games, right? But then once you're in that game, you're more or less restricted to whatever visuals or graphics programmed by the game's creators, right? Which is why at least in this reality, most of us can't perceive more than three dimensional, um, three dimensions rather, even though scientists know, right, that there are other dimensions in existence. It was like this guy that found, uh, there was this one guy that found references to virtual reality coding um, while he was sifting through the code base for Nintendo Switch OS. So presently right now, um, Nintendo Switch doesn't have a VR system as of as as far as I know anyway. As of February, what is it, twentieth, twenty first, twenty twenty? They don't have a VR system. However, VR technology does exist. And so what this guy did, it was for some random ass reason. He decided to sift through their code, and he found like coding references for uh, virtual reality, basically saying that more or less in the future, a Nintendo Switch should be able to be played uh, in 3D, right? What I love about the Super Mario Brothers reference is that with the PSVR is that you have a very powerful system, which is PSVR, and you're using that to play like a basic game like Super Mario Brothers, right? And you're thinking that this is all this powerful machine is capable of playing, which is Super Mario Brothers, right? But meanwhile, this machine can play you know, more than a two-dimensional uh, character, a flat, you know, uh, the graphics are shitty. Or remember, like, classic Super Mario Brothers. And the advancement between the games that were made back in, like, the 80s and what we have now is vast. But if I restrict you to, to just that one game, you just think that that's all that that's capable of. Now, when the game gets scratched and then other game, another game like Astrobot gets spliced in. I think that that's what happens to people who are like on LSD, people who are um, like afflicted with, afflicted rather with 
um, schizophrenia, people who've had strokes, um, people who, you know, have had their brains damaged through disease and inebriation or, you know, um, medication even. Um, the mind, right? The mind projects your brain, your brain's constructed limited reality onto your senses, the way a PlayStation VR or any other game console projects a video game onto your TV screen or onto a VR helmet, right? And sometimes your consciousness or you as a player, right, is, is able to view other realities when your brain is impaired, right? The same way the analogy I gave when the disc got impaired, the player who was given the PSVR was able to see like another game, another world. So the mind actually has access and is capable of running other realities beyond the one that we're living in right now, the same way a PSVR can store a myriad of other games, not just other realities, other personalities, other personas, just like, once again, like even if you're playing as Mario, right, on a PSVR, you could also play as Luigi, but if you only are forced or conscious of just one personality, then that's all you'll play, right? So think of your mind and your consciousness as something that exists outside of this world. And then think of like your body and brain as like your body as your controllers for your PSVR. Um, and then your brain as like a CD-ROM containing our reality right now and each just like each and every person who wants to play a video game a psvr game has to get their own cd and then contained within the cd is already a pre-programmed pre-existing world right that everybody has access to but each person has their own almost customizable world um that's kind of more or less the same thing so i would argue that people on lsd people afflicted with schizophrenia strokes parkinson's um etc are seeing or accessing bits and pieces of other possible realities, which the rest of the brain then struggles to weave into its present construction of reality. Like, um, so like there's a, there was a stroke patient mentioned in V.S. Ramachandran's book called Phantoms of the Mind, who described seeing a super surreal monkey sitting on the neurologist's lap while he was, you know, talking to, to Dr. Ramachandra. Um, and the way the guy described the monkey, he was saying he was like, the, the monkey looked almost more real than the doctor, right? Or than, than anything else that he was really seeing at the time. So the term obviously is called uh, surreal or hyper-realistic. Um, and people who use like LSD and things like that, when they have these experiences, experiences, they more or less report the same thing. Like they see a, a different reality that seems almost more real than what we're living in right now. And the way I would look at that is one, drugs probably either damage just temporarily the same way, you know, alcohol damages temporarily damages your brain, which causes you those feelings of euphoria, but you do that too many times, you're going to fuck your shit up. Um, I think drugs, uh, 
damage your brain in a way that allows for the construct of this reality to break down and then for you to peak or for your mind rather to to show you other dimensions beyond just the third the three dimensions but all you can really make of it or understand is hey i'm seeing something out there um it's kind of woven in with this reality and that doesn't look like what we normally think of as, as reality. It almost looks like too real. Which to me too, if you're able to perceive something with your brain, with the parts of your brain that are not damaged, that um, that look even more realistic than what you're seeing now, that tells me that your brain, or at least your mind, and I, and I am, like I said, I'm, I'm making the distinction between mind and brain. Your mind is capable of seeing things, <laughs> you know, just or even seeing our present reality uh in a more like high definition way so, like there is a part of you somewhere in there that can perceive different dimensions however your brain which is the restricting agent has to be damaged or altered whether permanently unfortunately, in the case of disease or temporarily um, in some way to allow your consciousness to then perceive these other dimensions or these other worlds. So I started this conversation obviously talking about um, crazy, right? And how I dislike the term crazy and and how the term is is dismissive. And 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 I'm ending the podcast more or less in the same in the same sense, right? You can't throw somebody away because they report to see reality in in different ways than we do, even if the reason why they're able to do that is because their brains have been damaged in one way. They can't help it. We can learn from their brains, though, what our minds are capable of perceiving. You know, I would even argue, I would go as far as to say that when we dream, especially if you have like super vivid dreams, the word vivid being the operative word, um, that your dreams are a way of perceiving or hallucinating different realities. And we're just taught to dismiss them. And we're just, we just, you know, scientists tell us, well, what your brain is doing is it's taking stuff that it's seen throughout the day and then it's constructing an error. Fuck you, man. You don't know. That's the thing that I hate about scientists. Like I, I, I like that they're doing the work that they do. And obviously I, I constantly read books by scientists, but like, if you don't know, just say you don't fucking know. Don't just start making up random excuses so you feel better about the fact that you spent $300,000 on a piece of paper to tell people that you're smart, right? Like, stop that. We don't fucking know why we dream. You know, we don't know what we see in dreams. Some people have prophetic dreams. Some people are able to see into the future based on their dreams. And, and, and to tie it back to me, <laughs> to tie everything I've been talking about back to me, okay, don't fucking call me crazy, <laughs> okay, just because I had the experiences that I had in regards to the red-haired woman um, and things of that nature, because you don't know what I'm tapping into. You don't know what I'm seeing. None of us really know, you know, and, and I, I do think it's, 
it's a, that we can stand to learn a lot from people who have had their minds altered by either fate or circumstance or just by you know medication um, and things of that nature and can see things that the rest of us can't see yet. You know, you have scientists right now and in the past, fucking Freud was high as shit half the time, okay? So was young. Um, Alder, all of these psychologists and psychoanalysts and scientists, Einstein, I bet Einstein did drugs. I, I have to Google that shit, but I bet that dude did drugs. I mean, just look at him. You know what I mean? A lot of these, definitely Newton, Isaac Newton, all these guys altered their brains chemically in, in some way, shape, or form because they knew that if you can hinder the brain from c- carrying out what it, its function is, which is to pr- pr- project to you a particular version of reality, you're able, to, you will be able to, your consciousness will be able to perceive something other than what's being shown, which should then tell you, one, that consciousness, just by common fucking sense, consciousness is not in the brain. The brain performs its function. And so consciousness is the person that experiences, is the entity rather than experiences the reality that is projected by the brain. But it's also that same consciousness that that perceives different realities presented as a result of the brain being damaged. I'm going to end it like this. The story I told you guys last Friday um, about the last Friday and Friday before that about the, was it two weeks ago? Anyway, whatever. Um, (laughs) About the red haired woman and then the March um, 20th, uh, 2020 uh, death date. I can't make this shit up. Okay. Last week, Friday, I was on Hinge. Um, what hinge is like uh tinder, but for normal people um <laughs> theoretically at least that's anyway whatever um so I was on hinge and I was kind of swiping through I was looking for friends because um, clearly, if you can tell by listening to this podcast, I don't really relate to a lot of people <laughs> anyway i was I was hoping to find somebody to relate to, which I've been completely unsuccessful um but I keep trying, and the very first I saw a red haired woman. It was the very first red hair woman that I came across and I liked her picture and I kept it moving. I wasn't expecting to hear anything back from her. Um, but then on Friday, right, a week after I did that podcast where I was watching that episode, I think it was February 7th. So a week, week after that, on February 14th, Valentine's Day, um, she messaged me. And for some weird ass reason, I just decided to say, hey, you don't have anything going on on March 20th, 2020, right? That doesn't mean anything to you. And she was like, well, actually, that's my birthday. And I have a trip. Hey, Harry, stop. (laughs) Sorry, it's my dog. I have a trip planned on that day. I'm, I'm driving to Yuma, Arizona. Now that freaked me the fuck out, <laughs> right? Because it's a red-haired woman who is leaving town and she's going on a road trip on that date and it's her birthday. So of all the people in the world that I could have contacted, you know, contacted or talked to seven days after I recorded that podcast, it's a red-haired woman um, who her birthday is on that date and who's also planning a trip on that date. So you can sit there and think I'm crazy all you want to, or you can actually listen to what the fuck I'm saying. 
Now, I, I more or less, I sent her the link to that episode. I didn't know how else to say it, and I still don't think it, it relates to her. But I did advise that maybe don't go on your fucking trip until the 20th. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making jokes out of it because I don't know how else to react, and I just I turn everything into a joke. Um, that's a defense mechanism. <laughs> but, um, and, and I don't know if she'll listen. Um, I didn't really talk to her much after that because I think I freaked her out, and that's understandable. Uh, I freaked myself out too, so I get it. Um, but I'm not making this stuff up. The, the purpose of this podcast, this particular episode, um, beyond all my pontification is to, is to let you guys know that if I'm crazy, then we're all fucking crazy. Oh, okay. No, that's not the purpose of the podcast of this episode. The purpose of this episode is to get you to look at things differently. If you're going to point the finger at anybody and call them crazy, you got to turn back and point your finger back at yourself. One. Two, we're all in this together. We're all mad, right? I've seen people overreact to the dumbest shit. I people, I've seen people hyperventilate because of stuff that, they, that their mind tells them, right? I've seen people react in anger based on things that they imagined that weren't even based on anything too, true, right? And it just takes, you know, one motherfucker, it takes somebody like me to say, listen, that's not normal, and we all do this. So what is this definition of normal? And I wanted to be, really talk about people that we do sort of ostracize in our society. People who, you know, have some sort of damage. Blind people, stroke victims, schizophrenics and things like that. We just throw them away because, well, well they see things and they hear things. And da, 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 da. Well, their brains are damaged. That is true. But that doesn't discount or negate what that damage is now causing them to see, right? Like I said, we have scientists to this day that take LSD. Fucking Aldous Huxley, I believe his book he wrote was called The Doors of uh, Perception or Cleansing the Doors of Perception or Opening the Doors of Perception. But that whole book is about a trip that he had and what he experienced, right? So you have people who are... We call them, we respect them. We call them, quote unquote, scientists. And they are more or less damaging their brains because they want to, instead of looking through those slits, like that physicist said in the quote, to see like a limited perception of reality, they're trying to view over the top to see what else is there. If you have people who take ayahuasca and magic mushrooms and things like that, they're more or less doing, trying to do the same thing that we turn around and we condemn and we ostracize, you know, Parkinson's victims, stroke victims, um, and schizophrenics for. Come on now. The brain, the brain's function is to, and I've said this enough times, is to show you a particular version of reality. But clearly, all these other people's experiences are, are, are telling us that this is not all that there is. To dismiss them is stupid, just outright stupid. And more importantly, considering the fact that by definition, a hallucination is defined as anything that's a projection of your mind, then everything you're experiencing is a hallucination. My voice is a hallucination. You breathing right now, all the colors that you see are only, you, you only have proof that anything that you're seeing is even real, based on what you see in your mind. 
I would go even further. We're all collectively hallucinating. You don't even know right now, and this is me, like I'm intentionally fucking with you because I want you to think about this when you're driving. How do you know that all the cars that you see on the road are are actually there? Like are actually filled with, with people that are there. I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, it was uh, our housekeeper. She was in the house, and uh, the dog had peed. He's a puppy, so but he had peed on the floor, and I went to go get something, and she was standing by the dog talking to me, okay? So I went to the kitchen. When I came out, I looked. Hand to God, I didn't see this woman. And so I turned and, like, fixed my hair in the mirror. When I turned back, she was standing there looking at me like, why are you fixing your hair? It's just the two of us. And I scared myself. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I didn't fucking see you there, right? My brain just edited her out. How do we know, like, most of the shit that we really interact with and most of the people that we see? If you're running low on sleep, you start seeing shit. That's the brain, right? The brain has been handicapped. So then you start seeing other things, other realities, right? If you do one of those uh, soak tanks or whatever they're called, they're like sensory deprivation tanks um, that you put in, there's completely dark and you're just floating float tanks. Um, you You start seeing shit because your brain has been handicapped in some way. And then you start seeing other things. If you meditate, after a while of meditating, you're changing the, the chemistry of your brain through medica- meditation and medication, but meditation, you start seeing shit. Maybe, just maybe, sanity, or I should say there's a thin line rather, maybe, just maybe, there's a thin line between sanity and insanity. And most of us are just barely straddling that shit. Just think about it. 